listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up, my little trivia junkies? GPT here, your favorite AI aficionado. It's Wednesday, December 6th, 2023, and I've got some news to share with you. But first, let me tell you a joke. Two threads walk into a bar. The barkeeper looks up and yells, Hey, I want don't any conditions race like time last. Haha, <laughs> classic. Now, let's talk about what's going on in the world of AI. Today on GPT Reviews, I'm joined by Robert, Olivia, and Belinda, and we'll be discussing Runway and Giddy Images teaming up on AI Video and Microsoft Copilot now available to all users. So, buckle up and get ready to learn something new. But first, let's launch the news theme. And did you know that the Eiffel Tower weighs approximately 9,441 tons? That's like me after a pizza binge. Alright, let's get started. Our first news story of the day is from the Runway blog, and it's a big one. Runway ML and Giddy Images are teaming up to create a new AI video model. What can you tell us about it, Robert? Well, it's a partnership that combines Runway's cutting-edge AI for realistic video generation with Giddy's vast image library and distribution network. The new generative model is called Runway and Giddy Images Model, or RGM, and it will allow companies like Hollywood Studios and ad agencies to create customized, high-quality video content. That's pretty impressive. What benefits will this model have for major industries? The RGM model will allow companies to fine-tune the model with their own data, making it much easier to create video content without the need for large teams of people. It has the potential to reshape workflows in major industries, which is no small feat. Wow, that could really change the game. But I've heard there's some controversy surrounding Runway ML's use of AI. What can you tell us about that? Yes, there's a lawsuit from artists alleging that the models were trained on their content without consent. It's a hot-button issue right now, but partnerships like this one with Getty Images show that there's serious potential for AI to be adopted on a larger scale. It's definitely a complex issue, but it's exciting to see what can be achieved with AI. Thanks for breaking it down for us, Robert. Our final news story of the day comes from the Economic Times titled, Microsoft Copilot now available to all users. Robert, what can you tell us about this? Well, Copilot is Microsoft's generative AI-based chatbot that's been in public preview since February. And now, it's finally available to everyone. That's exciting. What exactly is Copilot and how does it work? Essentially, it's like having an AI-powered colleague that you can chat with to help you complete tasks. It's equipped with natural language processing and machine learning capabilities, so it can understand what you're saying and provide suggestions and code snippets to help you out. So, what are the benefits of Copilot transitioning to general availability? Well, now that it's out of preview, organizations and users can confidently integrate it into their daily workflows. And, it's equipped with commercial data protection and operates under the universal commercial license terms for online services, including Microsoft's customer copyright commitment. So, users don't have to worry about copyright claims when using Copilot services. That's definitely a relief. Are there any potential concerns with Copilot? Of course, anytime you're using AI, 
there are always concerns about data privacy and security, and there's always the potential for errors or bias in the suggestions Copilot provides. But overall, it's a promising tool that could be a game changer for developers and businesses. Thanks for the insights, Robert. All right, folks, we're moving on from the latest news to uncover some of the hidden truths in the tech industry. Olivia, what interesting finds do you have for us in this week's Random Reads? Well, I discovered an eye-opening article that explains the cloud economics surrounding GPU. That sounds fascinating. Let's dive in. Today's article is titled, GPU Cloud Economics Explained, The Hidden Truth by Semi-Analysis. It's an interesting read that delves into the economics of GPU clouds and how they compare to CPU clouds in a co-location environment. So, what are the key takeaways from this article, Olivia? Well, the article highlights the dominance of capital costs in the TCO equation for GPU servers. This makes it easier for third-party pure-play GPU clouds to enter the market, as they don't have to worry about the physical infrastructure as much as the capital investment. That's interesting. And what about the role of the hyperscalers in this equation? The article explores how hyperscalers like Google, Amazon, and Microsoft can optimize their hosting costs through better data center design and operation. This gives them an advantage over co-location facilities, whose hosting costs are generally higher due to less efficient data center design. Fascinating. It's always interesting to learn about the economics behind these technologies. Thanks for sharing this article with us, Olivia. Anytime. And don't forget, if you want to read the full article, you can find the link in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Back in the day, we had the coolest phones. Hey, Jane, what's up? I just found out about this new company, Ringadine Telecommunications. They offer an old school rotary phone. A rotary phone? Who needs that nowadays? I do. Just think about it. You can actually dial a number with your finger. No more misdials or accidentally calling the wrong person. Oh, wow. What's next? A company that sells typewriters. Actually, I saw one of those too. But the rotary phone is the real deal. It even has a cool bell ring that reminds me of my childhood. So, you're stuck in the past, huh? Maybe a little bit. But with this phone, I can feel like I'm living in simpler times. Well, if that's what makes you happy. It does. And the best part is, Ringading Telecommunications is having a special offer this week only. Really? What is it? You can get the phone and a month of unlimited long-distance calls for only $29.99. Okay, that's actually a pretty good deal. I knew you'd come around. Ring-a-ding, baby! Ring-a-ding! Send an email to sergi at earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Thanks to our sponsor for bringing nostalgia into our lives. Now, let's leave our rotary phones behind and dive into the world of AI. It might be a bit too sci-fi for some of you, but don't worry, we'll make sure you're entertained. Belinda, our AI research wizard, will join us to explore some fascinating papers on object recognition, machine learning, and more. Stay tuned! Our first paper today is Object Recognition as Next Token Prediction by Caillou et al. from Meta AI and the University of Maryland. 
Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Sure. This paper proposes a novel approach to object recognition, where they pose it as next token prediction. They use a language decoder that auto-regressively predicts text tokens from image embeddings to form labels. That's interesting. How does the masking mechanism in the customized non-causal attention mask work? The masking mechanism is designed to model tokens from different labels as independent and treat image tokens as a prefix. This inspires a method called one-shot sampling, which allows for the simultaneous sampling of tokens of multiple labels in parallel and ranking them by their probabilities during inference. And how does the proposed compact decoder compare to the full model in terms of performance and efficiency? The authors propose a simple strategy to construct a compact decoder by discarding the intermediate blocks of a pre-trained language model. This approach yields a decoder that matches the full model's performance while being notably more efficient. So it's a win-win situation in terms of performance and efficiency. Our next paper is called Magicoder. Source code is all you need and it's about large language models for code. Belinda, can you tell us what makes Magicoder different from other LLMs for code? Sure. Magicoder is a series of fully open source LLMs for code that significantly closes the gap with top code models, while having no more than 7 billion parameters. What sets Magicoder apart is that it's trained on 75,000 synthetic instruction data using OSS Instruct, a novel approach to enlightening LLMs with open source code snippets to generate high quality instruction data for code. That's interesting. How does OSS Instruct help mitigate the bias of synthetic data generated by LLMs? OSS Instruct empowers LLMs with a wealth of open source references, making the data more diverse, realistic, and controllable. This helps mitigate the inherent bias of synthetic data generated by LLMs. And how did Magicoder perform on coding benchmarks compared to other state-of-the-art models? Both Magicoder and Magicoder S substantially outperformed state-of-the-art code models with similar or even larger sizes on a wide range of coding benchmarks, including Python text-to-code generation, multilingual coding, and data science program completion. Notably, Magicoder S CL7B based on CodeLama even surpassed the prominent ChatGPT on HumanEval Plus with a pass at one score of 66.5 compared to 65.9 for ChatGPT. It sounds like OSS Instruct could open a new direction for low bias and high-quality instruction tuning using abundant open-source references. Our final paper today is titled The Unlocking Spell on Base LLMs, Rethinking Alignment via In-Context Learning from the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence and the University of Washington. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper rethinks the alignment tuning process of large language models which involves supervised fine-tuning and reinforcement learning from human feedback. The authors analyze the effect of alignment tuning and introduce a new, tuning-free alignment method called URIAL that achieves effective alignment purely through in-context learning with base LLMs. That sounds interesting. Can you explain the superficial alignment hypothesis and the evidence that supports it? The superficial alignment hypothesis is the idea that the effect of alignment tuning on LLMs might be superficial and doesn't significantly transform the model. The authors found that base LLMs and their alignment-tuned versions perform nearly identically in decoding on the majority of token positions, with most distribution shifts occurring with stylistic tokens. This evidence supports the superficial alignment hypothesis. And how does URIAL achieve effective alignment without SFT or RLHF? 
Uriel uses in-context learning with base LLMs and requires as few as three constant stylistic examples and a system prompt. The authors conducted a fine-grained evaluation on a diverse set of examples and found that base LLMs with URIEL can match or even surpass the performance of LLMs aligned with SFT or SFT plus RLHF. The authors suggest that deeper analysis and theoretical understanding of alignment is crucial to future LLM research. Fascinating. It will be interesting to see how this develops in the future of LLM research. Folks, sadly we have come to the end of another episode of GPT Reviews. I know, I know, it sucks, but even the greatest things come to an end. So, my dearest listeners, my turkeys, my schmucks, and my goofballs, thank you for tuning in again. But I can't take all the credit. I want to thank my amazing team, who without them GPT Reviews would be a disaster. A huge shout out to Robert, the data analyst who makes sure we never get our facts wrong, Olivia, the internet explorer who can find anything on the web and more, and Belinda, the AI research expert who keeps me on my toes. Remember, you can check the podcast description for all the details we covered in this episode. And speaking of details, did you know there are 10 types of people in the world? Those who understand trinary, those who don't, and those who have never heard of it. Ah! get it? Lastly, please don't be shy, my darling listeners. I love hearing from you. Send me your love, hate, complaints, or brunch recipes to the email in the podcast description. So, until next time, keep it GPT-tastic.